0: Would you be able to say that you have so much money in your bank account that you could never spend it all before you die? There are people that are that wealthy and here's a true story about one of the wealthiest people who ever lived. This person had houses in the plural and they were paid for in full and the homes were surrounded with vineyards and gorgeous gardens filled with orchards of fruit trees And it also had an elaborate irrigation system that watered the gardens and the trees. No running around with the old-fashioned sprinklers for this property owner. But it didn't stop there. Since this person had unlimited wealth, servants were hired to do everything from groundskeeping to cooking, cleaning, and more. Any possessions that someone else had, this wealthy person had to have bigger and better. There wasn't enough to satisfy the bottomless pursuit of things, and even with all this abundance and so much more, the man named Solomon, who had been known for his great wisdom, said these words found in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 17. Therefore I hated life, because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit he hated life? He had all of that and he still hated life? Have you ever said that you hated life? Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker. Sharing lessons from the Word of God is her passion. Now, back to today's important study. Every word in Scripture has meaning. In other words, we need to pay attention to the structure of a sentence, not just what's there, but what's not there. This is significant because if Solomon had said he hated his life, there would have been something to adjust to make his life enjoyable again. But since Solomon had tried everything that he could imagine and was still dissatisfied, his conclusion was that life was hateful overall. What can we learn from the person who seemingly had it all and still hated life? We could list dozens of things, but let's keep it brief by choosing three that are relevant to our own lives. First, we learn that having an unlimited amount of pleasure doesn't guarantee happiness. Solomon tried that, and he gave it a fail. Ecclesiastes 2 1 says this I said in mine heart, Go to now, I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. Solomon used that word vanity several times in the book of Ecclesiastes, and the word carries the meaning of something that is empty or like a vapor it's here today, gone tomorrow. This is a great description for pleasures of any kind. We wait anxiously for the name that big event, and then it arrives and poof, it's over. Pleasure is a gift from God and can be very good in moderation. But like a delicious dessert, we won't feel so great if we've had too much. Pleasure can become an addiction, causing us to constantly chase the next pleasurable event, feeling, experience, or relationship. We become slaves to our desires for more gratification. Before long, we're like an ungrateful child at Christmas. After we've unwrapped all the gifts, we're wondering if there's any more. Seeking pleasure can actually lead to discontentment. If you think your life would be better if you had more fill in the blank, it has already been proven that this will not deliver. It's not a lack of more fun in our lives. It's the absence of godliness with contentment, which the Bible calls great gain in 1 Timothy 6.6. 6. How do you think God would rate your level of godliness? And what about your level of contentment? God wants to give us not one, but both godliness with contentment. He knows what will really satisfy our souls. A second observation from the person who hated life is this the love of money and things leads to a bottomless appetite for more money and things. There are never enough trips to TJ Maxx because they always have something new. And that new car that was great and beautiful was only absolutely perfect until the next model came out with something that yours didn't have. Oh, and that house that was fabulous when you found it Oh, it went down a notch when your friend got a newer, bigger one than yours, and it even had a pool. Listen to what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 5.10. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. There's that word again. To paraphrase this verse, if you think that being wealthy will satisfy you, you'll never be wealthy enough. And if you think that adding one more material thing will make your life complete, you'll remain incomplete for life. The love of money and things easily becomes an obsession. And this unsatisfying pursuit just leads to dissatisfaction. Now maybe you don't struggle with wanting more money. Maybe for you, it's more about portraying the image that you have money so that you're constantly shopping. Regardless of the form it takes, no matter how many things we love to own, those things can't love us back. In fact, the constant spending just keeps a person trapped in the prison of too much month at the end of the money. Scratch beneath the surface of a desire to have more money and more stuff, and you'll find emptiness that can't be filled by money or things. Why is this? Because the problem isn't a lack of money or things, so money and things can't fix the issue. You can't buy your way out of an inferiority complex, and you can't spend your way to social acceptance and admiration. Spend some time earnestly examining your motives and priorities in this area. God will search you, as the Bible says, while you examine yourself, and he'll help you to get to the bottom of what it is you're really seeking. We can't fill our lives with replacements for God. There are no suitable replacements. The third and final observation is this. A good reputation can be ruined by foolish choices. Solomon painted a very interesting word picture in Ecclesiastes 10.1. It says this. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor everything that solomon wrote was based on experience as well as wisdom and understanding granted by god he knew that his own reputation was tarnished by his unwise choices and that it cast a shadow over the honorable life that god had intended for solomon to live solomon's life was littered with the broken pieces of his unwise choices and it made him a jaded old man Do you want to grow old and be crabby because you invested your years in reckless living? The most beautiful fragrance will begin to stink if it has a dead creature sitting in the bottom of the bottle. The decomposing bug takes over and causes a stink, as it says in scripture. This sort of reminds me of what happens when a gecko gets into the garage here in Florida. If they can't get back out, they die, and their little two-inch gecko carcass stinks up a whole two-car garage And even if I can't find that little critter, I can sure smell it. If we do something that's not Christ-like, we make our reputation stink. This is especially true if we're known for being an honorable person. Behaving out of character can do the kind of damage that only takes a moment to commit and years to erase. How can we avoid doing foolish or regrettable things? Think of the memory that you want to create? Do you want to be remembered as a fool or as a wise person? As untrustworthy or as reliable? Do you want to be known as honorable or disgraceful? What kind of memory do you want to create? If we want to head in a good and upright direction, we will have to make wise choices every step of the way. It is so easy to fall but walking uprightly takes effort and attention, as well as courage of convictions. If we're treating the Bible like it's a book of suggestions, we're setting ourselves up for some foolish decisions. Ask the Lord to keep you alert to those split-second decisions that could turn your good name into a bad one. God sees the big picture. We need His vision. While Solomon had one of the greatest answers to prayer, and yet he squandered it. Listen to his prayer request in First Kings three nine: Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this thy so great a people? Solomon was looking at this kingdom that he was expected to run, and he knew in humility and good judgment at that time that he was not fit for the job. He could not do it without God's wisdom and understanding. So he asked God to give him an understanding heart to judge the people. And then God answered his prayer. If you'll read the story in 1 Kings chapter 3, you'll also see that God was so pleased with Solomon's request that he gave him more than he requested. Solomon didn't ask for riches or a long life. So God added those things to the wisdom and understanding as gifts making Solomon the wealthiest and wisest man of his time. And then Solomon somehow lost his way, proving that even a wise person can go off course. In 1 Kings 11.3 we read this, And he, meaning Solomon, had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. Solomon allowed the lust of the flesh, The lust of the eyes and the pride of life to destroy him. No wonder he said he hated life. He created the life that he hated. Are you seeking a life that you love, but finding a life that you hate? Stop looking for satisfaction in all the wrong places. Our deepest fulfillment can only be found in Christ. Here's a closing passage from Psalm 107, verses 8 through 9, that speaks to satisfaction. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. You've been listening to Francie Taylor. For more from Francie, visit keeptheheart.com for devotionals, books, and the popular Bible study series, I See You in Christ Unconditionally. ICU is flexible by design and encourages users to develop the habit of daily Bible study. Visit KeepTheHeart.com today. Thank you for listening.